Well, I think that this is the most competitive elections that we've ever had. I mean, uh, there are 48 political parties currently contesting um, these elections. And one thing that's also very interesting about this whole um, electioneering campaigning period is that there's been a rise in alternative voices. You know, there's been a rise in more political parties that are really trying to center themselves or identify themselves as um, alternatives or a different voice to the current ANC, to the current DA and the EFF as well. So you have now a more robust political atmosphere. You have a more um, competitive and a more interesting um, political atmosphere as well. Even with the campaigning period, I mean, women first came out. Um, it was interesting to note that they were formed in 2008, but this year was the one time that they really, really tried you know, to be visible in the elections and to compete for um, a seat in parliament and they are doing so with the hope of bringing you know um the woman's voice or the woman's plight to the legislature and that's quite interesting because we've never had you know actual um political parties that center themselves around one specific identity because the whole notion of rebuilding South Africa has been on non-racialism and a rainbow nation and unity. So now with these different um, voices coming in, you kind of see how um, some people in society are feeling more marginalized and therefore they're demanding a space in the new um Parliament, and that's quite interesting to observe. Those alternative voices that you're talking about, and especially the, the Women's Party that uh, that has come out as well, will they make a big difference in relation to the votes at the end of the day uh, on Wednesday? Um, it doesn't seem that way. You know, I was looking at their manifesto. Um, it's quite unclear as to what exactly they wish to bring to the table. And that's the biggest, biggest challenge we're having with all opposition parties in the country because they don't really have a set identity. Everything seems to be a response to the current ANC um, politics, you know. So they're saying that they're advocating for the rights of women and they want representation in parliament. But when you're looking at the fifth parliament that just um, closed now, you have now the ANC having 45, 49% of their um women, I mean, of their members in parliament being women, the DA had 32%, the EFF had 44%, and those are the big parties, you know, and they had female or women representation. So what exactly are they bringing to the to the conversation that's new? And it was quite hard to determine from their election manifesto, and that is the challenge. It's not just women forward only, because even with black land, black first, land first, you know, they're saying that they want the land back, but that's a conversation that was already initiated by the EFF. So it seems as if there is, and it was initiated by the EFF, and then the ANC kind of got onto the bandwagon eventually. So now you're having a, a position or a situation where you're not entirely certain what these new voices, what these alternative voices are bringing to the table. And that's the big challenge, that they don't have a set identity, right? And that will also determine now they're showing at the polls. And it's unlikely that they will make a very big difference or any difference at all. Let's break it down in terms of the three big parties, starting off with ANC. Uh, They were campaigning amidst political infighting and factionalism and allegations of corruption against its top officials. Was this perhaps a very challenging election campaign for the African National Congress? It was definitely, I think that this was their most challenging um, election campaign that they've ever had to market because uh, when you think about the ANC, it's been the dominant party of the state for the past 25 years, right? So they've enjoyed majority um, representation and majority votes at, and, and a majority showing at the polls. So now that has made them to be 
to lack accountability. So they became kind of unresponsive, right? So now you had a situation where with their political infighting because now they realize that the margins are slowly declining, meaning that the competition for seats in the legislature is becoming more difficult. It's not a given anymore that, you know, they'll have 200 plus seats. So it becomes even more challenging. And now they needed to not only respond to the, um, to the electorate, but also to reflect amongst themselves as to what exactly do they want to show the South African, um, to the show the South African electorate. Because with the challenge that they're having with the um, infighting, the infighting is merely a resource-based fighting because everybody wants certain positions within the ANC. They also want access to state coffers and state resources, and they can't have that. And so now you see this political infighting, you see this factionalism that's, you know, rearing its ugly head far more than ever because of how um, unresponsive it's been in the past 25 years where it has been guaranteed, you know, that it will um, enjoy the majority showing. And now with these numbers slowly declining, um, you also see the competition amongst themselves, um, you know, and that also speaks to the party unity. How can they show a united front when they don't, um, when they're not certain of their own positions within Mm -hmm. the party? Yes. Now, the Democratic Alliance, some suggest, has not been as visible, but they're also saying that the EFF campaign has uh, gained momentum from the last election. Um, So with the DA, I think that the DA is playing playing a very strategic game because um, they may not have been visible on Twitter. I think that with South Africans and the South African conversation as it shifts, is that a lot of people take Twitter to be the sole representative of what is happening in the state, and that's not particularly true. I mean, South African Twitter users are only 8.3 million, right? For a country that has 50-plus million people, you know, we can't rely on that as a marker for visibility. So you see what the DA, because what I've noted is that they are going to these um small towns, they're really present in the small towns, they're present in the villages. And a lot of these, um, especially in the Northwest campaign, that's what they've been doing. So they've not really, um, you know, taken pictures or there hasn't been a lot of photo ops of that in those villages. However, you do see a bit of communication here and they say that we'll be at this community radio station, we'll be at this community radio station, we'll be visiting this village. And by so doing... Um, we may see a difference in their showing at the polls because of where they've been going, despite them putting it out on Twitter, despite them putting it out on on Facebook. Because this is what I've noticed from the election or campaign managers of the DA. That's where they've been and that's what they've been doing. So they're not really announcing it as a part of the DA broader plan, but really as their own personal, on their own personal Twitter accounts or on their own personal Facebook accounts. So it's not really about visibility on Twitter, but visibility within and amongst the communities, you know, and they've been doing quite a good job of that. And with the EFF, it's quite interesting to hear that people have not found them to be visible or they have not seen them because I think that they've also expanded their reach and extended their focus, especially on Twitter. You know, when you saw their election rallies, they made sure that they were being broadcast live on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They made sure that, you know, they, are, um, they had a lot of Twitter users, you know, doing the because before all the other political parties were doing a sort of election day, the EFF had what was what they were calling the EFF Red Friday. Right, so every Friday you'd see members of the EFF wearing their party regalia and hashtagging that. So it's quite interesting to say that there hasn't been any visibility from there, where it seems to me that they were the most visible political party amongst the big three. And also, interestingly, during the um, 
overseas vote last week, it was very interesting to note that the DA results or the DA members were tweeting about um, people overseas that were voting yes. for them. Yeah. Right. Before the DA and the ANC. Mm-hmm. Now, Lady, I thank you so much uh, for your time and giving us your take. That was a uh, political lecturer in political studies at the Northwest University, Naledi Modise.